What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Thursday, December 18th, 2014. You guys listening to episode 190, everybody, 10 away, count them, 10 away from 200 episodes. I remember seeing the 200th or the advertisements for the 200 Simpsons, and I was like, man, that's a lot of episodes. And this month is uh, four years. So I don't know exactly when. Who knows? This could be four years to the day. Could have been yesterday. Could be tomorrow. Either way, uh, four years doing it. And today is 190. That is a lot of episodes. And uh, hopefully you guys have been along the way for most of them. Here's what happened. I tried getting this thing out earlier and I had no sound. And I was going nuts with this MacBook because I'm already pissed that this MacBook doesn't have a, a, you know, a drive and all this shit. And I'm like, how the fuck is this not working? I did everything that I normally do to start the podcast. I was ready to go. I got a lot of stuff to talk about it. I had, you know, all the bullet points written out. I got my green tea, fucking iced tea, all this shit. I'm ready to go and I'm just playing it and there's no sound, no sound, no sound. Start losing my shit. And um, called a friend. And then I just was like, he just said, yeah, just turn the computer off. And I turned the computer off. And then I made a quick adjustment and it worked. So who knows? Anyway, here we are. Episode 190. Hope everybody's doing well. Hope everybody had a great week uh, in between. And uh, here we go. I feel good. I'm... I'm I got the I got the green tea, you know. Stay lean, so my dick still looks big. Oh, I'm a little goofy, guys. Today I'm a little goofy, um, but here we go. So let's talk about some stuff. But first, as always, the Verzi Effect Podcast Show is sponsored by GonzoFame.com. GonzoFame.com. Go to GonzoFame for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. A uh, great list of comedians on there, and they're adding them all the time. Gonzo Fame is, um, you know, one of those sites where you know the interview comes from the comedian, and the comedian is really telling some, you know, deep shit about themselves, but, you know, stuff that they don't mind. Like, they take it really far. Like, stuff people will go, wow, I didn't think that they would say that, or I didn't know that about that person. That's what Gonzo Fame does. So, check that out. That is the sponsor of the show. And uh, speaking of the show, guys, I have some really cool, exciting news. I found out last night, I actually had no idea, but um, the Verzi Effect podcast, as you guys know n- now know, is part of all th- the All Things Comedy Network. Uh, shout out to All Things Comedy, one of the, one of the best um, networks out there with the best people working there. And... Um, I'm thrilled to have the show on there and be a part of it and then want my show to be a part of their network. Uh, also, I, you know, for years, I've used uh, Podbean. Podbean is where I, you know, upload stuff, you know. So basically, if you ever want to go and see episodes, the, the places that you would go to listen to the show would be obviously um, iTunes, of course, because it automatically goes to iTunes from everything else. But now you could also go to All Things Comedy and Podbean. And uh, Podbean has a lot of podcasts on there. They have 
one point something million hits and and all kinds of podcasts on there. And I found out last night, um, I posted on Facebook that the Verzi Effect podcast was in the top 10 comedy podcasts of 2014. Uh, means a lot to me. Thank you guys so much for listening. The numbers just keep going up about almost a hundred thousand, uh, people for the last, uh, three months or whatever. And, um, last night I did a show, people were, you know, in the crowd again. It seems like everywhere I'm going now, people, Verzi effect, people coming out strong. Um, and I, you know, and it's funny because I feel like I neglect other people <laughs> in the shows, but every time I'm at a show, and somebody comes up and says they listen to the Verzi effect. I end up talking to that person for a really long time and like neglecting other people that are like, hey, good job. You were funny. In my mind, I'm like, hey, fuck, you don't listen to my show. <laughs> so uh, I do appreciate it. It is so cool to be in the top 10. And it's also on Podbean's popular podcasts. So they put me in the top 10 comedy podcasts of 2014. And then it also says popular podcasts and I'm in their popular podcasts. So uh, that means we're doing something right. And it all starts with you guys, as you know. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, you know, it was, it was so, so I do this show last night, right? And it was really cool. I do this show last night called um, Stand Up on the Spot. I guess it's a show they do out in Los Angeles, too. They bring it to the stand in New York. And Stand Up on the Spot is basically what it sounds like. There's a host. He, he brings up some comedians. He does it himself, too, at the top. Shout out to Robbie uh, Slovic, uh, who who um, who hosted it. Also, uh, Amy Hawthorne of Comedy Groupie Blog. She uh, helps run the show. She runs the show there. Uh, it's actually her show there at the stand, and uh, Robbie Slovic hosts it. They asked me to do it. I think this was like their fourth one. They do it once a month, and you literally go on stage unprepared, of course, because there's nothing to prepare for, and the crowd yells out topics. And you could pick one you like, and then you just got to make it funny. You got to just do a joke about it, talk about it, do whatever you can to make it funny. And it was a really weird feeling for me because normally, you know, you go up there, and not even that you have 100% of a plan, because now I don't really go up there with 100% of a plan. I kind of go like, I'll open with this, I'll see how that does, and I'll kind of pick and choose my material as I go. But there's, you know, sometimes there's somewhat of a blueprint. Or you'll go up there and be like, ah, maybe I'll open with my closer, Maybe I'll close with my, my opener, you know, just see how stuff goes. This was, no, no preparation, which was both refreshing and kind of scary because you're just like, holy shit, man, you know, I'm literally jumping into the deep end of the pool without any kind of float floaties when I get tired, like I, you know, because if you have your regular, you know, if you're doing your regular stuff, you jump in the deep end, but you know, okay, I got into a little trouble. Here you go. I'll just go reach for this little fucking buoy right here. Or I got a little life vest right here. I could do this. I could do it. Now you're just in the deep end. And if you start sinking, you start sinking. So I, I get up on stage and I was basically like, just go. And uh, people just start yelling stuff out. You know, they're like, oh, old people, nightmares. This And they're just... um. You know, and I was trying to find my way, you know, and, and, and then I, you know, I think doing the podcast helped me, but then halfway through, because I kind of struggled through the first couple of jokes, just trying to find my way. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this, but here was the hard part, and there's one thing that I forgot to mention. You weren't allowed to do anything that you've talked about before, so if somebody said something like relationships, I could never even talk about anything I've ever talked about relationships before. 
So what made last night difficult, especially at the beginning, was people were like, I had podcast fans there. There were Verzi Effect fans there. Like, and I, and I was like, oh shit. Like when I got on stage, I knew that some tables knew me. So they started yelling out shit that I knew, that, I mean, that they knew I was passionate about. So people are like, Babe Ruth. And I'm like, and so, but what I needed to do was make sure I didn't talk about anything I've talked about before. So I was kind of tiptoeing. I might've said like one or two things. Like afterwards I was thinking, I was like, man, I really think I didn't. I think that that was a clean, I don't think I ever did. And somebody said Chris Christie. And I have a whole piece and joke on Chris Christie and fat politicians. So I'm sure one or two lines, I might've stepped on a couple of words. But other than that, I stayed true to it. And it was really refreshing and cool. And I started to get better as the set went on. And by like the third shout out, I started to get better. And then like right as like, right before I got the light, somebody said, um, crazy ex-girlfriends. And I just started to just riff and talk about how crazy, are they crazy enough where you got to keep an arm's length away crazy or are they full? And then I just, this whole thing and, you know, and then I I just, I don't know. So it, it just, it turned into just great piece and hopefully I don't want to really talk about it now because I want to see but hopefully that this could be a bit and the place went crazy and started you know clapping and it was awesome and then I said to them I should close now but give me one more and then they gave me one about like Christmas sweaters or ugly sweaters and I did a bit about that and it was good and I had a really good time but shout out to uh, comedy on the spot it was really really one of the most refreshing things I've done in comedy so cool, so fun, you know, unprepared, unexpected, great moments happen, and um, I would recommend A, going to see it, and the funny thing is some comedians just start off talking and then go off somewhere else so they can get to somewhere, really cool and interesting, and um, I I really enjoyed it, I really enjoyed it, at the same time it was challenging and kind of made me go like, man, I want to do it again, you know what it felt like, I, I guess the best way to describe it is, it felt like when you just start to do something for the first time and then you start to see signs of getting better at it that you want to go right back. It's like the first time you play a video game and you kind of get close to the end of the first level but then you die right before the first level and you're like, I got to start, I got to get, I got to at least get past that. That's what it felt like when I got off stage. I was like, man, I want to go one more time because I really started to get it and have fun with it. But, um, and it makes the crowd into it because the crowd's a part of the show. They yell it out and you like talking to them. So they're, they're all engaged in everything that you're saying and they know it's hard. So, uh, comedy on the spot at the stand last night was awesome. Check it out next month. And, uh, I think you guys will really, uh, really enjoy the show. Uh, cause I did, I did for sure. Now I have to talk about Cleveland. I was in Cleveland this past week. And I I met some cool people. I saw some cool things. I, you know, I enjoyed the show. I saw some absolute fucking animals. I mean, I saw people that should have been thrown in a, in a cage. And I'm not even kidding or trying to be funny. Animals. These Christmas parties. These huge company Christmas parties. Okay? Just like so many people in, the, in, in one party. 60, 40. Uh, Hilarity is one of the best clubs in America. Well, just well run room with one of the best owners. Shout out to Nick Costas. One of the best owners in the, in the game. One of the best rooms. 400 seater with a 100 seat balcony. Um, just amazing. Amazing 
club and all that. So I go there, and this is probably like my ninth time in Cleveland, eighth or ninth time. They call me in last minute uh, to do a, uh, like 10 days before, which is kind of last minute, uh, to just come in Friday, uh, Saturday, and Sunday. So I was only you know going there and getting paid to do four shows. And um, we go, and I, I meet... Um, I meet uh, Kevin Bozeman, who was working on the show, right? Instantly hit it off with this dude. Kevin, big, tall dude, uh, played college, played college basketball, super competitive guy, loves to, you know, loved, you know, talking sports, which was great. He heard me say, right when I met him, he heard me say, yeah, I want to go to a cigar bar. He's like, oh, I love cigars. I'll, I'll come with you. Like, just one of those guys. Just so fucking cool. Look this guy up. This guy's funny, man, and um, he's got a he's got a really funny new podcast called Ball Hog, um, and I, you know I had a great time working with Kevin. So we hit it off. We went. We smoked a stick. We were talking sports. He gave me a homework assignment. I know you're listening, Kev. You fucking got give me a homework assignment, and that's how you know you like somebody because when someone's like, "Yo, I got a homework assignment for you," you know, normally you'd be like, "Who the fuck? What? What?" I'm away from my family, and, and he, you know, and then he was like, name me, give me a basketball roster that would go 82-0, and 0. and instead of being like, man, I ain't doing shit, I was literally like up thinking about it, like writing it down, and, and you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into my list, uh, you could figure it out, you know, but anyway, so uh, Kevin is this funny-ass dude from Chicago, okay, um, probably been doing it around the same time I've been doing it, a little older than me, father, family guy, uh, he's got two boys, and I'm watching this dude work, yeah, that's comedians do, we don't really always watch everybody's set or the whole set, but when you meet somebody you hang out, you're always gonna watch, everyone's gonna just watch and be curious, you know, if you heard about a guy, oh, let me see this, and stuff like that, so I come in and First show was crazy, like, you know, and I think I was called in because, you know, sometimes Christmas parties could get a little nuts, so I went in and, you know, I was a little whatever, a little strong, a little dirty, a little aggressive, just let people know, listen, even if you people act like a bunch of fucking zoo animals, I'm I'm here to, you know, get laughs and still, you know, keep the room tame, and then, you know, and Kevin goes up. Now, anytime you do good, you know, you want to see the guy, see, like, if the guy goes after you can can maintain it. or Dude, this dude was hilarious. Like, this dude was so funny and just took what I did and made it his own and killed. And I think after that, we just kind of hit it off and we were just like, yeah, man, let's go smoke a cigar and, and talk sports. So anyway, another bad show happens. I, you know, I don't even want to say it's a bad show because we had a great time, but there was another show with like rowdy, drunk Christmas parties. Second show Saturday and first show Saturday were so night and day. First show was such a nightmare to deal with all these people. And I still had fun, but you're just dealing with drunk assholes, uh, animals. And then second show could have been one of the best crowds you'll ever have in your life. Listen, hanging on every word, every punchline hits. It was great. So Bozeman goes on stage and I told him and he saw what I went through. I mean, this one guy was such an animal that he had a suit on. He kept his hands to his side and he put his mouth over the nozzle of his beer and just tilted his head back and let this thing just go down his throat during my set. He was screaming out, calling himself Dirk Diggler. 
Another dude was pointing at him to do shots. Just like these dudes needed to be. I mean, the comedian should have went on stage with a fucking tranquilizer gun for these absolute slobs. Just fucking animals. You know, just yelling, hooting, hollering like they were in some, like they were in the parking lot of a, of a, you know, of a football game they were about to tend with like face paint on with the team's colors. I mean, that's what it was. Just picture that in suits, which is even worse because there's nothing worse than an animal in a suit. You know, it's just such a fraud. It's like you got this fucking just piece of shit. <laughs> In a monkey suit, he's like tries. He looks proper, but you know he's just a big scared baby. And and uh, these people are yelling, talking, and I'm trying to you know go into my jokes, and I'm having a good time. I'm shutting them up, but it was just a lot of work. Bozeman goes on stage, and I told Kev, if you're listening to this, I told you I had to tell a story. This was one of the most vicious and just epic attacks. I mean, it was so, anyway, I'll tell you what happened, because it was justice, and you felt satisfied, and it was great, and one thing I noticed about Kevin, is Kevin's competitive, you know, I was talking to my friends, and I was telling people who I'm working with, and they were like, oh yeah, you know, he, he's, he's a competitive guy, you know, he played sports and stuff, and that's true, so, two things I noticed about people that played sports, and were good at it, and competitive, they, they compete the rest of their lives with everything they do and they like to do stuff like either gamble or like those action sports because they need to they need to either be right or win. I've noticed that. So anyway, he goes on stage and that same shitty crowd with the guy tilting his head back with the bottle and all these fucking people that were in there, um, this woman starts yelling while he's doing his set. And he goes, lady, why are you yelling? Why are you... And granted, here, there's only 300 people in this place, okay? Like, this place is packed, and this dude's on stage. And I guess she was yelling, it depends. It depends. Like, he was saying something and trying to make a point. She's going, it depends. So he goes, why are you yelling? And he tries, he goes, you got to stop yelling. And he goes, you know, why is it... It's always the unattractive... He goes, it's always the unattractive women that have to yell stuff out. And the place is like, oh, shit. And I just started to smile because I knew what he was doing. And then he just stopped and he kind of put his hand on the mic stand and he goes, oh, come on. What do you mean? Oh, she's clearly a four. And never addressed it again, dude. And it just shut her down. He went right for the throat. And I swear to God, the way he did it, it really reminded me of Patrice O'Neal. That was the first thing I felt. I was like, oh, my God. And he meant it. He said it. He meant it. And just absolutely, like, fillet her. It was over. You know, you know, you catch the fish, you chop the head off, you cut up, you cut the insides out, and just slap it in half. That's it. It's over. That's what he did. She sat there in silence and did not open her fucking mouth. It was poetic. Her boyfriend didn't say shit, nobody, and then it really made the rest of the set better. And that's sometimes what you gotta do. I was talking to him. And he's like, "Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, I don't care what happens with the crowd. She's shutting up." So shout out to Kevin Bozeman. Truly, guys, check out his podcast, um, Ball Hog. Good dude, a guy that I would always look up when I would ever, you know, I told him, man, hit me up when you're in New York. I'll hit you up wherever, man. But a uh, super, super funny comedian. And, uh, you know, just I, I loved it. You know, comedians love when you get vicious. And that's that's what we have to do sometimes. 
like uh, um the first show on Friday, there was a lady like texting and you deal deal with all that. And like what you got to do sometimes is you have to shit on one for the rest of the pack to know. You know what I mean? Because if there's a group of people acting out of line, you shoot one of them in the head, I think everybody else is going to fucking line up in single file and stop. And that's, you know, that's what we had to do. But um, animals screaming out stuff, yelling here and there, just fucking, oh my God, man. People around the holidays, what is it? They just let loose just with their fucking half gingerbread, half whiskey fucking... Uh, breath and oh, we we ate at this place by the way I think was it I don't want to mess this up was it called the greenhouse or whatever there's a place across the street from Pickwick and Frolic Pickwick and Frolic by the way the restaurant in uh, the comedy club is so amazing and the food is great there we went to this place across the street and we did a something called a pickleback where you do a shot of whiskey and a shot of pickle juice and a, 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 like a big gulp of beer all in in just sequence like, like it's just crazy. And, um, it was delicious. It was delicious. Uh, what else did we do? Uh, yeah, smoked cigars, like I said. Had some, had some epic sports, you know, arguments and conversations. And, um, it was a great time out there. And I, I did have people come out for the Verzi. Oh, by the way, I, I said I would shout this out to, shout out to, uh, Ryan Carroll and his wife. Uh, they came out. Uh, Ryan was a, is a um, I, I guess a fan of mine and the show came out. He was in New York. He came to the stand, sat in the front row. He was like, "Hey man, you're gonna be in Cleveland." I said, "Come out to the show, man. I got you." He came out to the show and he brought me a stick. He brought me a um, I, I think it was a zinc collection. Was it, was it begins with a Z? I forgot. I got the label upstairs, but it was great. It was a great stick. I could tell by the quality. Thank you, Ryan. I could tell right when I felt it. I was just like, this is going to be a good one. And uh, I really enjoyed it. And uh, thank you so much. So, um, you know, I hope you guys had a good time. And uh, hit me up when I'm out there next. So um, it was great. It was just a great time. Eight good shows were, you know, good, even though a little rowdy. Hey, listen, you don't mind a rowdy show every once in a while. Look, they're not all going to be layups. You know, they can't all be layups or something. Oh, shit, I had a chocolate martini. Oh, man. So Kevin Bozeman tells me, yeah, man, I got to go to the chocolate bar. I go there every time I'm in Cleveland, I get a chocolate martini. Now, as soon as he says that, I'm thinking, all right, this dude is into, like, like sweet drinks or something like that. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know if I'm into, I don't know if I'm into a chocolate martini. You know, I like the vodka. I like the, I, I don't know if I want. So we go, we were going to go to that football game, which thank God we didn't. We were going to go to that Johnny Manziel game. And um, last minute, it just didn't work out. I slept in until 1 o'clock. I didn't feel like going. It was cold. It was gloomy. It was Cleveland. And I was like, I'm not, I'd rather just go to a bar, maybe get some hot wings chill out with a drink and just just watch watch the game in a bar we had an early seven o'clock show on Sunday so fucking Bozeman goes uh the the chocolate bar is downstairs at the bottom of the hotel we're staying at so we go in there and he's like you want to get a chocolate martini I'm like yeah I'll get one let's just see I swear to god this thing was so incredible that I took one sip and I had him laughing his ass off. As soon as I took one sip, I go, oh, I'm getting another one of these. I wish my wife was here. 
Like, I just went from, like, not knowing if I wanted it to, like, family vacation in Cleveland so everybody that I love could try one of these things and I could just watch their reaction. That's how crazy it was. First of all, they put this caramel syrup on the bottom. They put these little chocolate flakes around the the glass. They give you this long straw, which is 100% chocolate. It's a, it's a chocolate straw. Like this swirly chocolate straw, soft chocolate. It, it, it was... I mean, two of these things, and I was flying. I felt good. Felt like I had a piece of cake, but was drunk at the same time. I mean, it was just fucking heaven. It was it was one of those drinks where I was like, I, I don't think I will ever, ever come to Cleveland and not get a two. You got to get two. You can't just get one. Like, I knew one sip. I was like, and Kevin was laughing. He's like, how many times are you going to say that you love it? I, I, you know, I go big, people. You know that. That was crazy. So here's what you got to do if you go to Cleveland. I'm going to give you the guide to Cleveland. Got to go to a comedy show at Hilarities. I would recommend a Friday or Saturday, probably Saturday night. That's a great time and you could get a great dinner there. After the show and dinner there, then you go to the chocolate bar with a couple of friends. Maybe order a little food and then when you're done and like you're ready to just chill, you got to have one or two chocolate martinis and it is a wrap. I promise. I know it doesn't sound like some hard shit. I know it sounds weak. It is the shit. I promise you. It is ridiculous. Okay? And then the next day, go to that greenhouse or whatever. It's called Green something. I think it's Greenhouse whatever. Right across the street from the comedy club. And get the burger, the pickleback. And they have phenomenal wings that fall right off the bone. That was on like the Food Network and everything. Downtown Cleveland is not great, and there's a lot of Cleveland that's shitty. But I'll tell you something. The parts of Cleveland that are great make up for the shittiness. It really does. And I'm starting to call Cleveland one of my homes away from home because I'm there, you know, twice a year. This time I was, this year I was there three times. Just love the place. And um, that was it. Check out Kevin Bozeman, too. All right. What else do we got here? Um, The interview was pulled from, from, Sony pulled the interview, the movie, that was with James Franco and Seth Rogen. I wasn't really going to talk about this, but the more I think about this, the more absolute, this is unprecedented, this is, this is crazy, okay? Like, first of all, this is what doesn't make any sense to me. They paid the actors first, so the actors got their millions or however, whatever they made. Let's say the actors made a million or two million each, whatever. They got their money. Also, the millions that it costs to make the movie and the production and do all that stuff. Okay, so they invested big time in this movie. Now, you mean to tell me you hire higher up? I'm not buying that, like, they, they were hesitant anyway and that this was just, no, fuck that. One of two things happened. Either this is a stunt to make the movie huge and they're going to say Sony decided to change their mind and it is going to come out, but it's coming out New Year's and, and fucking there's lines all over the place. Either that's going to happen or there were some legitimate threats and they were like, it's not worth it. Either way, for another country's threats to stop movies coming out in this country, that's crazy. That is fucking crazy. All right. they sh- I said they should play that movie on repeat on the big screen in Times Square for the next five fucking years. Give me a break. Give me a break. Hackers saying bad things are going to happen. It's a movie. 
Remember Hot Shots? We dropped a bomb on Saddam Hussein, literally. He was like at his pool. You know, come on, man. It's ridiculous. And they always make movies based on the real, you know. We made movies about Stalin. We made movies about, you know, Hitler. We, it's just, this is just, and this is a comedy. That's the other thing. And this all goes back to what I was saying about, you know, um, somebody said this on Facebook too. It goes back to what you were saying about like apologizing. It's crazy. This is basically a stand-up comedian who was about to do a show, but then somebody saw the preview and was like, oh, that joke, you can't do that joke. This is a comedy Guys, this is a fucking comedy. This is this is James Franco and Seth Rogen as like two morons who are going to go and try to attempt to assassinate the 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 leader of North Korea. It's like it's not real. Like if anything, the leader of North Korea and those guys should laugh about it and go, you know, whatever. Or okay, that's a dick move. They're really attacking me, but just leave it at that. You know, they already fucking hate us, so whatever. It's just a little bit of, yeah, fuck you. It's a little fuck you. So what? It's a comedy. And and if you're, you're going to pull it, then just don't make it. Have the sense to be like, oh, maybe this is going to get some, you know, some backlash. Maybe this isn't a good idea, you know? You knew those fucking smart Asian guys could hack into shit. You didn't think about that? You didn't think that, hey, during the release, during something, you know, we're taking a chance here? Even Seth Rogen, they said, was talking about an interview, like, oh, if this thing ever comes out, because, you know, we're, you know, you know. so they, they even had ideas for it, and they still did it. So you're still going to invest all that money in, in, in these actors, in the production, all that, and then be like, ah, you know what, yeah, maybe we should, and now nobody could see it as if the movie never happened? That's crazy, man. That's crazy. I'm not trying to be one of those old guys going, man, what's happening to our country? But that, this is unprecedented. Like, now it's really starting to, like, show me that, like, the political correctness... The, you know, just, just how PC you have to be and what you have to worry about and what you have to apologize for. I see it even with my friends. I swear to God, I see it even with my friends and it's crazy. Back in the day, and I don't want to use words, I'm not trying to use any derogatory words towards anybody, but there's things you say that are funny, that are a joke, that you have to worry about with your friends and it's fucking sucks. It does, you know? I'm not, I don't, I, you, I, I've said this many times. I think that, I think that people that want to get married if they're gay, I think that's fine. I think it's ridiculous to question it. You got other problems. Go pay your fucking bills. Okay. Go take care of your family. You know, do that stuff. I don't care what you do. You know, if you're a good person, I don't care what you do. I would never tell you that. But if I'm sitting there, you know, and my friend wants to drink a fucking, you know, strawberry fucking Jolly Rancher drink, I should be able to be like, ah, you're a faggot, without him going, you said, you know what I mean? It's just ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. Do I fucking hate gay people because I say that? No. Call me a fucking meatball-loving guinea, you know what I mean? A feta-cheese-loving Greek asshole. Whatever whatever the worst derogatory thing about an Italian and Greek is that that people really resent, you could say to me, I'd laugh because I know it's not in your heart. If you, It's not. It's it's just so dumb and silly. You can't it, it, and it's going everywhere now. It's going to the movie theaters, man. You can't even make a comedy about about a comedy. That's the other thing. This is not some like crazy, you know, drama thriller that could win an Oscar. And they're really trying to take out this leader and this thing. Then they probably wouldn't make it. But you got fucking Seth Rogen. Look at Seth Rogen's face. 
I'm not trying to name drop here or anything, but I was recently at a party talking to Seth Rogen at a Saturday Night Live party because I ran into him at the Montreal Comedy Festival and I was talking to him about something. And he was just sitting there like drinking, like giggling and laughing. He's like a big comedic dope. He's funny. He's like, huh, 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 yeah, huh, huh. Like that's what he is. Like he's a guy, you're going to take that seriously in a fucking, you know what I mean? Everything, man, everything. It's just so ridiculous, man. You can't, it's it's like, you know, what's next though? See, that's what I worry about. It's like you start pulling movies from Hollywood. You know, Sony Studios are starting to pull movies. So so you're making a production and they're going, nah. You know what? Before now, actors got to worry about that shit because of who we're offending. I mean, it's crazy. I will tell you one thing that I do like about what this country just did, and I don't even know the details of it, but I know Obama got Cuban cigars. That's what I know. I know Obama got Cuban cigars over here. That's, you know, that's a big, that's points for me. This guy, this is a, that's a really, that's probably, the funniest thing is that's probably going to be one of my favorite things Obama ever did. Obama probably just played golf with some Cuban dude and he was like, this Cuban is so good. I got to fix this. (laughs) I got it. I mean, this, this, this Partega, I mean, this, this Cohiba. Or Cadillac. That's what I call the, the the Cohiba Cuban. I call it the Cadillac because it's just a long stick. It's smooth like a big wheelbase of a car. It's just smooth. It's not too strong, but it's beautiful. It's like it just it glides right through. Cohiba's a shit, but I was really thrilled to hear that that happened. That we got the Cubans back, but. Yeah, man, like, I'm not so much, like, crazy that I wanted to see the movie, the interview. To be honest with you, I could pretty much probably tell you with 100% certainty that I would not, I was not going to the movies to see that. Unless I was at a comedy show on the road and that was the only movie that permitted as far as time, that, 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 that then, then I would do it. But other than that, just, that would probably be something that I would either just catch in passing on cable or when it came out on DVD. I wouldn't, I wasn't going to go see the movie. And I wasn't even going to really talk about it. And then I'm just thinking to myself, wow, think about that. That's the first time ever. I was driving in my car. That's the first time ever in my life where I actually heard Sony decides to pull the movie from the, I mean, Seth Rogen and James Franco just did Saturday Night Live promoting this. Good Morning America. They did some shit on Comedy Central. They're running all over the place for the PR of this thing. And then it's just like, no, they already got paid for it. And then it's just like, no, it's never coming out. Nobody's ever going to see it. That's crazy. That's crazy. So now filmmakers got to think about that. Studios got to think about what they're investing their money in. Because this is going to be a trick. Now, now other people. Now now, what? what's to say, you know, so what, we can't make a movie about fucking chasing a Russian spy? Because some Russian fucking genius nerd is going to hack saying that. And then, and then and that's what we're going to just make movies about fucking puppies. Petting puppies and fucking rainbows. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. How about everybody go fuck yourself, you fucking nerdy hackers. Go fuck yourself. This is America. We make movies. We offend people. And you watch it. And if it offends you, fuck you. Go to your shitty country and you make a movie too. Make one of your shitty fucking movies that nobody's going to watch. It'll be in one indie theater here that like three of my friends will go to. They know who they are. Fucking Joe Matarese and Chris Lambert will be in the one theater, some fucking movie made in Syria, you know, about some American guy who tried to bring fucking 
American cuisine and they fucking killed him. I don't know. But, you know, I, um, ah, my fucking, oh, that sucks, dude. That sucks. My phone, oh, no, never mind. I could, I could get it on the computer. I thought my phone was that I wasn't gonna be able to do the, the unacceptables. But, you know, um, yeah, I just, I just feel that, uh, this is a bad step. This is a bad step, man. It's not cool. Um, that's just my take on it. Okay, I'm gonna get into my unacceptable. Then I'm gonna get into your guys' unacceptables. Uh, then I gotta talk about Carmelo Anthony because that I can't handle that anymore. Uh, talk about some Christmas shopping, some holiday stuff. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. This is a Verzi Effect podcast, everybody. By the way, Verzi Effect podcast announced this week top ten comedy podcast of 2014 on Podbean. And it is moving up the ranks in all of them, everybody. And it's because of you. Thank you. Thank you. Keep coming to shows. You guys keep coming to the shows. It's the shit. It's the shit, man. I I always dreamed of having a platform that would bring people to me, you know? And I'm glad that I don't have to do it on some fucking being a regular on a talking head show or doing something. with. And, and this is no offense to young audiences, but I'm just glad that I could bring people to me because of me and because of my voice and you guys hearing me. And that that's the shit. So um, thank you. Episode 190, about halfway through, but maybe more. I'm feeling good. I'm up. I'm off today. I was running around. The beginning of the week, doing this shit, having crowds yell topics out of me. Oh, Jesus, I just dropped something. Oh, shit. Oh, God. Um, anyway. So, alright. So, I'm gonna do my unacceptable, then I'll get into some other unacceptables. Uh, people might not like this, it sticks with the movie theme. Well, I had two unacceptables, I should say. So, let me do that. First was, I took my daughter to eat the other day. And a grown man, dressed well, in Connecticut, was eating with a buddy at lunch. And I just look over at him, and he was eating rice, rice, gravy, and like a meatloaf or whatever. And I look over, and he's eating with his, you know, he was righty, so his fork was in his right hand, and he's eating. And he just has a mouthful of stuff, and I look at him, and casually and nonchalantly, he puts his left hand under his mouth, and he just spits all this rice and everything he was mushing up in his mouth right into his left hand and then just slaps it down on the tray like he, like his hand just came out of like a, a barrel of slop. And I'm thinking to myself, you, what was that? He, he wasn't like, ew, he wasn't spitting. He just chewed and then just like kind of like just like spit it like lightly into his... I was, it was the grossest thing. It was absolutely unacceptable. It was behavior that my five-year-old son would be appalled at doing. And this fucking grown man in his 50s just spit rice on his hand and threw it down. It was gross. That was unacceptable. But I think my unacceptable for the week is the fact that they're making a black Annie. I'm sorry. I can't. It has nothing to do with race. It's not racist. Okay? It's not. It's just, it. give me a, really, do we need to see it from that perspective like we couldn't figure it out? Why can't they leave stuff alone? You know, I heard this uh, younger comedian talking about things, and I don't want to touch on anything like that, but talking about, like, white people don't go into black movies, and I was thinking about that. If you think about it, some movies were meant to be left alone. Do you really need a black Annie? Do I need to see fucking Jamie Foxx's Daddy Warbucks? I don't. I really don't. 
it's just it's it's annoying and it's just getting to the point where they're doing it to just do it and change it up because they're running out of ideas. How about Hollywood makes original movies? Oh, guess what? They do and then when they do, it gets pulled from the fucking studio because a country threatens us or some fucking nerdy hackers threaten us and they take it out. <clears throat> you know. Yeah, nobody gives a fuck if we do Annie <clears throat> which has been redone, excuse me, which has been redone every which way to fucking Sunday, okay, Annie this, and this singer does Annie, and that singer throws on a red wig, now you got Jamie Foxx, but let's do, we're gonna do Indian Annie, we're gonna do Indian Annie, we're gonna do Asian Annie, you know, couple of years, let's do a sci-fi, let's do like a, let's do like an alien Annie, but on Mars, and there's a fucking mean, you know, orphanage, it's just, it's, we get it, We get it. The sun's coming out tomorrow. Things are going to get better. This little poor girl's going to go live with this mean rich guy. He's going to make him not not mean anymore. I mean, it's a joke. It's a joke. I don't need to see Black Annie. I don't. I don't want to see Black Annie. It's ridiculous. And I could picture my friends, too. Some of my black friends. No, no, it was good. It was good. You know, it was uh, not the way fuck. I just liked the way they did it. I liked it. Really? Did you like the way they do it? Or did you like the way it was black people instead? Because the story was the same. It doesn't matter. And this is not a race thing, people. It's just annoying. Because nothing original comes out anymore. They're remaking this one. They're remaking that one. That's just like, I don't... Oh, my God, man. It's just, it's like... It's insulting to the public because we're going to spend, or not me, but the public's going to spend $13, $14 a ticket on the same story, just modernized with a different culture. It, it, it's, it's, it, there's nothing original that comes out anymore. Remade. They fucking remade Footloose like with like hip-hop dancing or, or something like that. They, it, it's just like, when is it going to end? I think that that would be that should be they should you should not be able to take a title or do it again after like it take like at least it's got to be like ridiculous amounts of time. So that's that's my thing. The, the my unacceptable is that they're they're my unacceptable for the week is that they're gonna remake Annie, but when an original movie comes out like this, they they take it out. It's just unacceptable and ridiculous. Let me guess what happens. Jamie Foxx is a is a very savvy businessman, but he's got his guard up. And he doesn't let anybody get in there and he's cold and he fires people. And then this little girl comes along and changes them, but they live in the city this time and they take subways. Yeah, fucking break. Unacceptable. All right. Let's talk about sports. I figured it out this week. It took me a long time to figure it out, but um, I now know. I now know. Oh, I gotta go get the plug. Hold on, everybody. You won't feel a thing. Okay, uh, had to just give this thing some juice here. So I figured out. It took me a while to figure it out, but I realize now. Carmelo Anthony is a big statement, but I figured it out. And there's no if, if, ands, or buts, I think. Carmelo Anthony is just not that great of a basketball player. And he's he's just not, he's just a guy that you just can't win with. You know, I think a lot of people were misled by him winning at Syracuse. But I think that that was under different circumstances. You know, he was just a 
superior scorer, and he just went on those runs the way Kemba Walker went on the run in Connecticut, and just he won a title, and God bless him. That's great. But in the NBA, he is a premier scorer. He's a great scorer off the dribble. He does not make people around him better. If you look at his overall assists, somebody said he doesn't even average like four assists a game. He doesn't pass the ball. He shoots. You live and die with his jumper, but he has those epic games in between where he'll get like 45 or 60 or 50 or whatever it is. And, um, you know, that's why people get like misled and think, oh, shit, he's no, he's not. Carmelo Anthony is somebody that was overpaid. He's getting paid 120. If Carmelo Anthony wanted to win, and the only way he could win is if he went to Chicago. Because he's got guys with heart like Noah and Rose and a great coach and a team and a coach that preaches defense first. The Knicks don't. People are arguing, no, no, man, look what he did in Denver. Yeah, I did see what he did in Denver. He also had Nene. He had, you know, he had a, he had a great bench. He had a great coach in George Carl. He had great role players. He had shooters around him. It wasn't just him. He had people. That's why he went to the playoffs. You know, they were good with Allen Iverson. They were good. He had a big man. You know, on the Knicks, he is the number one go-to. And you see, and, I, and here's another thing. During that 10-in-a-row loss stretch that the Knicks had, five of those games, he had the ball in his hands with a chance to either win it or tie at the buzzer, and he missed like four times. And, there, and, and, and then one of the times he didn't have the ball. Like he missed. And that is not what a superstar and a guy like that should be doing. Yes, he's a superstar scorer. He's a superstar offensive player. He's terrible as far as winning. You cannot win with Carmelo Anthony. You can't. The only way that guy will win is if he has a supporting cast and he is the number two or three option. And he could just do what he does, which is shoot. But that's it. The New York Knicks are 5-22, and 22, okay? The, the bench of the San Antonio Spurs is better than the New York Knicks. The bench of the Spurs. They're 6 through whatever. They're 6 through 12 can, can come in and fucking beat us. It's, it is an absolute joke what they're doing. They play no defense. Derek Fisher looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. And, you know, it, it's just, it's over. You can't win with a guy that you live and die on his jump shot. You can't. You win, win championships with defense first and some good scorers. So, that's what I'll say about that. All these people, I disagree, you're not looking. Oh, name, you know, people are saying, name 10, name 10 players that you would take over Carmelo. And I did. LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, James Harden, Kawhi Leonard, Chris Paul. You know, I mean, Tim Duncan. It's just uh, Kevin Durant. You know, I mean, just the, the list just goes on. Um, and you're, you're thinking to yourself, like, what this guy got all this money for what? This guy, I mean, this guy is... And that, what really killed me this week was people in the media and other players actually were saying, oh, I actually feel sorry. I feel sorry for... For LeBron James. Why do you feel sorry for a guy that's getting $125 million in a contract? Okay? Don't feel sorry for him. If he wanted to win, he could have went to Chicago for $50 million less. Now, I'm not saying $50 million is a, is a drop in the bucket. It's a lot of money. But, like, he went for money first over winning. Don't feel bad for him. 
You know, hit a fucking jump shot with it on the line. You want it to be in New York? You want the garden to be your kingdom? All that shit? Then do it. I'm not saying he's got the team around him to do it, but they, they should. Come on, there's no excuse for 5-22. and 22. With Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire and J.R. Smith and Iman Shumpert and Tim Hardaway Jr., that's, not, that's better than five wins. Okay, something's off here. That's better than five wins. You don't play defense. And I wanted Carmelo. I was wrong about it. I remember, I remember when he first came to New York, Bill Burr was like, I don't know if that guy's a winner. I don't like it. And I got into a fight with him about it. I was like, dude, you don't know what you're talking about. And he was right. A fucking Celtics fan. I got to admit that this Celtics Red Sox fan was right. And he's right. Carmelo Anthony's running up and down. He doesn't give a fuck. You could tell he doesn't give a fuck. You know? Go bang his Puerto Rican wife after the game. He's probably going to smoke a joint. He's gonna, it's a joke. It's a joke. He smokes cigars. You know, he's never diving out of bounds. He's never doing anything. Whatever. So that's my thing on that. All right. Get into your unacceptables. I realize I didn't do that. Don't worry. I know some of you guys are like, no, no, he didn't do that. Is he going to? Okay, so let's see here. What's today? Today is the 18th, so let's go back here. I don't think, I don't know if I have any um, ones on Facebook that many or maybe a couple, but uh, I know that I got a bunch of Twitter ones, so... Um, here we go. So today, so when did I do the last one? Okay, so here we go. Okay, we, I just want, because I know last time I read some that was already, I got to make sure that I go back and get it right and do all that stuff. So here we go. And by the way, I have so many, the most I've ever gotten of any unacceptable was you guys talking about people decorating their cars or trucks with, um, you know, ornaments and reindeer reindeer antlers and all that stuff so um you know <laughs> did uh, what day i'm trying to think what day was the 11th the 11th of december was on thursday okay all right so yeah so that's a week ago all right so here we go um this is from Kevin Bush at DE Goalie. And Kevin Bush says at Paul Verzi, the coworker who says happy Friday when it's not even 6.30 a.m. Unacceptable. Hashtag morning people suck. Hashtag shut up. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the I mean you're 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 preaching to the choir because I don't know if there's any more people that uh, I don't know if there's any more anyone else who cares about um, you know, morning people or hating morning people more than me. Um so here's a go. This guy's from Jason Simmons. Jason Simmons 30. He sent a picture. Looks like an older black man with his head, with his chin on his chest, sleeping on a busy train. Here's my unacceptable for the week. This asshole thinks he can take two seats on a busy train. Yeah, that's yeah, that's selfish. Selfish. The selfish traveler is is, is bad. Um Nothing worse, though. The most selfish traveler was when they were doing the FaceTime on an iPad, yelling on a fucking train. It was unbelievable. Okay, this is from Scott Clark, at all caps, S-K-S-Scatman. Yeah, Scatman. S-K-A-C-M-A-N, all caps. A woman slash animal 
looks you square in the face at a grocery store, co- grocery store coughs without making an attempt to cover her mouth. Unacceptable, yeah. <laughs> I've been dealing with a lot of that lately and people not being nice and like holding the door for people or people holding the door for you and you say thank you and they like don't say you're welcome. Like I've been dealing with a lot of that. I think the holidays are getting people down. Um, this one is from uh, Danny C at Dan... C-O-S-E-Y, Cozy. Uh, at Paul Verzi, boss got pizza and calamari for office. New kid uses hand like one of those claw games instead of serving spoon for calamari. Hashtag unacceptable. Yeah, and especially since he's the new guy. You know, it's not like one asshole that you know that's been there forever. Like, ah, oh, Carl's such a dick. Come on, Carl. It's just this new guy who's, you know... Thinks his people want his germs. Uh, Thank you for the submission. Let's uh, go to the next one. Here we go. This is from Mike Audette. I hope I got that right. At Mike underscore A-U-D-E-T-T-E. Gentlemen, sneakers, no matter how fancy, never is acceptable with a suit. Hashtag class. Sound familiar? Oh, okay. So I guess this guy saw it. Yeah, I talked about it. At Paul Verzi, unacceptable. I hate the look. I absolutely hate the look. Um, this is from uh, Dashwood Vanderchet at Dashwood V. Um, at Paul Verzi, uploading Bill Burr's new special on YouTube, letting thousands of cheap assholes watch for free. Unacceptable. Yeah. Sorry, Phil. By the way, the special is uh, Bill's special. If you guys didn't see Bill Burr's special, it's crazy. Um, And it's doing great, too. So here we go. Uh, Sorry for the pick, but grown man wearing orange Crocs in middle of Target. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag animal. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And what's worse is that not only is he wearing the yellow Crocs that the picture you sent, but like one of his feet is like out of one of them. Ugh. Um, let's see, <laughs> let's see what else we got. Um, yeah, people are, a lot of, a lot of people were talking about Mark Sanchez and calling him Sanchez and that fucking poor guy, he, he came back down to earth real quick. Yeah, you can't, hey, listen, you get exposed, what are you going to do? All right, this is from Michael R. Peterson at Latin underscore Viking 305. Taking your car to authorized dealer for maintenance and repair. Get it back with with new and worse issues. Hashtag unacceptable. Oh, man, it's, that's bad. And and they, they can lie to you. And I know my uh, Big Jay Okerson, uh, you know, great comedian, funny guy. He uh, He's having an issue with uh, Chevy. I think, and I think that just like they're just telling them it's the computer, but like something's mo- always wrong, and they're not fixing it, and you just get they just you get away with they get away with murder, man. It's awful. Uh, this is from uh, Jim Alberry at Doctor Underscore Alberry A L B E R R Y at Paul Verzi. I have one for you. The guy in the gym locker room drying his balls off with the hand dryer. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag savage. <laughs> yes, unacceptable. I give you that 100%, but you got to say hilarious. I mean, just if you just walked in and some guy is just going back and forth with his hand, 
you know, blowing his balls with hot air and shit, just probably, you know, talking about the game. Like, I'll tell you, man, they're not playing defense, and just his fucking ball hair is flying all, (laughs) his ball hair is swaying back and forth, Jesus, ugh, um, I gotta tell you, though, it sounds comfortable, like, just saying that, I felt like putting my leg up and just putting some hot air on my ball sack, all right, next one is from high, high dash tech at Laurie London, L-O-R-R-I, London, at Paul Verzi. People with shopping carts full of shit in self-checkout. Unacceptable. Uh, that's what cashier bag boys uh, are for, you slow fuck. Yeah, if you're going to do the self-checkout, just do it with like four items when it's packed out and you could get the hell out of there. Not with the... Oh, this is going to be a good one. This is... This is... This is unacceptable. This is from Kevin Bush at uh, D-E-G goalie. I'm sorry, D-E goalie. And the D-E-G are caps and then Oli. Okay, this is at Paul Verzi. Hipster assholes decorating their beard with little Christmas ornaments. Google it. You'll want to punch them. That is so unacceptable that a grown man with a beard, these these hipster assholes, okay, I, I just can't handle it. These hipster assholes who have not experienced life, you know, or most of them, I don't want to talk for all of them, but a lot of them haven't experienced life. And you know, oh, how could you say that, Paul? You know why? Because I've been to Brooklyn and I've done shows out there. I've done that bullshit where they're standing there with a fucking scarf on and, you know, mittens, holding a hot cocoa, judging a fucking comedian who's run around the country all over the fucking place, telling jokes and being vulnerable and putting it out there, and you're judging, and you don't like if they talk about certain mainstream things because you can't relate, because you live in some studio apartment, and you eat fucking noodles, not because that's all you could afford, but that's all you think you should eat, because you want to be trendy and fucking broke, you fucking bitch. I can't stand hipsters. Hipsters are the fucking worst because 95% of them are fake. 95% of them go home for the holidays and they get mommy and daddy's fucking BMW and go to some vacation house in Vermont with a shitload of money. And then they go back to their bullshit apartment in Williamsburg that their parents parents are paying for and they act like they're too good for people sitting in some fucking bar with Pap's blue ribbon beer in your hand. Fuck you and your fucking bullshit comedy shows. Um, it's unacceptable. Yeah, oh yeah, look, look, your fucking mustache and your, your, your little fucking jingle bells in your beard. Fuck you. You fucking black tea drinking asshole. I mean, I like black tea, you know what I'm saying. But the, yeah, yeah, I can't stand that shit. I really can't. You know? Fucking talk to me while you're twirling your fucking beard and, 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 and you know, your mustache and your, your your stupid clothes and you're judging people. I remember I did a show out there and I was like, yeah, does anybody here have kids? Anybody have a family? And they were all just looking at me like, no, man, we're single losers just trying to get by, man, enjoying the arts. Yeah, you should enjoy the art of getting the shit kicked out of you with a fucking beer can that somebody puts in your scarf and beats you over the head and tells you to act like a fucking man and put on a real outfit. Okay, take those loafers off your feet. Ugh, it's the worst. It, it really is the worst. 
And a lot of those hipster rooms, if you notice, a lot of those hipster rooms, they just have like, they just have like the same kind of following that just like kind of like judges and is like, you know, and there's no real like, there's no real, you know, I don't know. There's no realness to them. There's no realness to what they, they, they don't, it doesn't seem like they like any real vulnerability. You know, I don't like people that like weirdness just because it's weird. You know, I don't like people that like awkwardness because, oh, they're awkward. So, you know, let's give them a chance. I Somebody wrote something where they were like, you know, I, I know I went off on a thing. I got more unacceptables. I'm sorry. But this beard thing and the thing, it just it just reminds me of this shit. You know, it's, I go off. I'm going off now. I know. But like, you know, comedians talking about, no, man, some of the best shows, dude, they're in bars, man. Yeah, we go in the back of the bar, you know, we smoke a joint with all our friends, man. Anything goes. Yeah, that's not real comedy, okay? That's not what Martin Lawrence and Chris Rock had to do. That's not what fucking Richard Pryor and George Carlin did when they were coming up in Manhattan going into shows. Nobody knew who they were and anything wasn't acceptable. As a matter of fact, the things that weren't acceptable made them Richard Pryor and George Carlin. Okay, not some, yeah, we all met at this fucking magazine spot or this bookstore upstairs does a show. It's fucking great. Yeah, it's great with you and the same fucking people that you're bringing there. Okay, go to Cleveland. Go to Cleveland and kill in front of blue collar, hardworking people who fucking had to work hard to get money for the tickets to see comedy. And some have been divorced, and some have medical issues, and some are married, and some have financial issues, and some are rich, and some are fucked up. Those people. Go and make all of those people laugh. Some are black, some are white. Do that. I don't give a fuck about some trendy little art shop that has a bunch of, you know, judgmental pricks with a glass of wine in their hand. Oh, yeah, that was pretty funny, but I don't like how he said this. I mean, because that's really not socially. Fuck you, you cunt. Our next one is from Mike we- uh, Wester. Great, thanks for the uh, thanks for the uh, unacceptable though. Mike Webster, uh, people that use the self. Oh, oh, this is another one. This is at Wester. So West and then U H. Um, people that use the self checkout when they have twenty plus items in their cart. Yeah, we just said that. Absolutely unacceptable. All right, what else do we got here? Um, all right, this is, all right, you're getting greedy here, Mike R. Peterson, but I'll do it again, at Latin underscore Viking 305, today homeless guy had a blanket while sleeping in the locker room, hashtag, it's getting chilly in Florida, hashtag, feel bad for the guy, but kind of unacceptable, all right, thank you for the submissions, this is from Anthony Silver, at Anthony W. Silver. Guy standing behind me at Duncan yells his order out and reaches around me to pay. How about wait five seconds, you fuck? Hashtag unacceptable. Uh, this was another beard one. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god, dude. People are putting ornaments in their beards and probably psyched. What makes it more unacceptable is they're psyched to leave the house with it. All right. 
Here we go. I'm sorry. I just realized I'm reading these. And I came, okay. Uh, this is from Matt at Nontoxic007. Uh, public service announcement. Here in America, we use the left lane to pass, not to drive the speed limit. Hashtag unacceptable. Hashtag green cards. <laughs> uh, here's another, man. Another antlers on the thing. The antlers on the thing really drove you guys nuts, man. Um, this is from Riley Ramirez at RTR51. In waiting room, when two redheads call their relatives and yell into the phone, Oh, I'm sorry, not redheads. <laughs> I'm going redheads. I'm sorry. I read that too fast. Rednecks. In waiting room when two rednecks call their relatives and yell into the phone like a radio in World War II. Hashtag animals. Hashtag unacceptable. Thank you, uh, Riley. I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, this one is from Chris Frost at uh, MN Frosty Boy. Thinking he needs to uh, apologize for reading to oh this is for me Paul Verzi thinking he needs to read uh, he's uh, needs to apologize for reading too many unacceptables on TVE is unacceptable appreciate it but still unacceptable all right man they'll keep coming I'm glad you enjoy it uh, you know I just don't want you guys to go all right man go you know go on another rant uh, okay. Yep, this is from Max Power at Survive by Rat. Caving to threats by pulling the interview from theaters is ruining free speech in America. I couldn't agree more, Max. I think it's horseshit. I think it's a sign of bad things to come because now what's to make other studios not get hacked into? You know? So now we're letting the rest of the world dictate the movies that we watch here in America. It's crazy. It really is crazy. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man. Um, here we go. Uh, this is from uh, Jose Marie Zafra. Uh, at Jose Marie, and that's uh, J-O-S-E-M-A-R-I, capital Z-A-F-R-A. These absolute animals at Costco, warehouse bulk store, um, blocking aisles, and swarming food sample tables. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what's gross about the food sample tables? And it, I, I started to think about this more, like with the Ebola thing. Just that, like, in the winter with everybody sick and wiping their nose and shaking hands, and you know, just you know, the way you just you, you your your face and eyes make everything watery, and you're touching yourself, and then you're you know, cause you cause you know, cause Nestle came out with a cracker, so you gotta have it with cheese. I mean, it's gross. It really is gross. Animals. All right, so that's uh, that's it for Twitter. Thank you guys for the submissions. I just want to make sure that I didn't have any that I missed off of, um, you know, Facebook or anything like that. I don't think that I did. So, uh, but that those are the unacceptables for the week, and um, that's it. What else could you do? Uh, oh, I was gonna have a guest this week. I was gonna have Lance Weiss on. Lance is a um, up and coming comedian. I think he's from the West Coast, but lives in New York, uh, and he's got OCD. Like, so he wanted to talk about it because you know I have OCD. Uh, well, I you know I'm pretty much better with it, but just like the thoughts, like the joke, you could look up on YouTube Paul Verzi OCD and you could see the bit. But we were going to talk about that. Hopefully, I'll get him on soon, and we'll um, you know we'll we'll definitely talk about that. Oh, I do have one from my friend, 
Uh, Jack Murray, San Francisco, he wrote, Here's mine acceptable. As a realtor in San Fran, I hold open houses at times. A hundred or so people come through between one and four on Sunday. The guy that comes in, looks around, sneaks into a bathroom, drops a deuce. Unacceptable. Now me <laughs> and the next 20 that come in have to smell that awful curry dinner you had last night. Um, did you wash it down with six, what, PBRS2? I don't know what that is. But <laughs> Wait a minute, dude. If you are dropping a deuce at an open house, you either really want the house and you're trying to claim it, or you are just an absolute fucking animal. Thank you, Jack. That is, um, Jack inspired a story that I'm doing about drinking and, um, and it's hilarious and, uh, Jack is a good dude and, uh, thank you for listening, Jack. I didn't know you listened and now I do. So I'm glad that you are. And, uh, maybe you're contributing. Maybe you and your San Fran people are contributing to the top 10 for, uh, 214. So, I mean, 2014. So thank you. Uh, Jack, and I'm definitely going to check you out when I come out to San Francisco for sure. Um, actually want to do that bit in front of you in detail, the whole story in front of you. Um, but you're probably going to hear it on the album or, you know, hopefully somewhere else. Uh, so that's it for, I think that that, that is it for the, uh, unacceptables. Um, yep. And I'm going to try one more thing just to make sure guys, cause I'm, I'm not trying to leave anybody out. But let me just make sure here. And uh, what I wanted to talk about now, uh, a little bit of Christmas stuff. I did not see a movie. I want to talk a little bit about Christmas. And uh, it's kind of like an important way to, to do It's an important message. Uh-oh. Wait a minute. This Is this an unacceptable? Oh, no. Okay. I am... Okay, cool. No, that wasn't him. I'm sorry. I'm acting as if you guys know. Is this unacceptable? Nope. Okay. So that's it. That's it for the unacceptables, guys. Thank you so much. Please keep the um, please keep the unacceptables coming on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. And uh, as you know, I try to get to everybody if I can. Now, one thing I wanted to talk about is I don't know if you guys are dealing with this or I know some of you guys are dealing with this. I don't know if this is a big issue, but I feel like it is everywhere, and I think it should be addressed, is uh, these holidays make people stressed out. And I was trying to figure it out. It's like everybody I talk to, man, it's like just everybody seems stressed out, or people seem busy, or people seem like, you know, seasonal depression, and people get all upset, and then you find out that's why people fucking kill themselves around this time. And, and I'm just trying to think, and I realized it's like when you deal with two families, there's always somebody to open their mouth. There's a relative who says something and I notice you find out later, you know, an aunt or somebody will go, yeah, I just really didn't like how so-and-so said this. It rubbed me the wrong way. Oh, I know they have it out for me. And it just ruins the holidays. It ruins the time and it's small little petty things that get people upset and people don't want to be shown up and people don't want to be talked to a certain way and people get made to feel insecure and it is ridiculous. So my advice is this, and I'm sure you guys know this because you're not idiots because you listen to my show, but my advice is this. 
do not be around and what i'm trying to do is cu- is cut cut it cut it out you think is going to ruin anything on the holidays if there is a drunk asshole who says he's going to watch his mouth when he gets drunk and not do it again, do not believe him. He will do it again, even if it is in a subtle, passive-aggressive way. And then the people at the house fucking hate the guy. And they're like, why is this guy here? This guy stinks, and I feel uncomfortable here. And you have to hear that, and it ruins your time. Listen, the holidays are about sitting down with the people you love the most, the people you know you're not going to fight with, people you know are going to be cool. People you know, you could sit there, you could get drunk, you could, if, if, if I don't care what it is, smoke weed, watch a movie, you know, eat, hang out, somebody falls asleep, then wakes up. It's just all love. It's all love, man, and it's all being cool. And you don't have to worry about it. And you don't have to worry about walking on eggshells, man. Get those people out. It doesn't matter. Even if that person's close, get them out. If it's your mother-in-law, figure it out. Just be like, yo, I'm not doing this. You know, if it's your father, be like, I'm done. I'm not doing it. You know what? I'll come to you real quick. I'll say hi to you. I'll go on your turf, be uncomfortable for a second, but then I'm coming back to my... As far as my house and what I'm doing, don't do it, man. I'm telling you, don't do it. Because everybody listening to this knows there's going to be one person there or someone's going to say something or somebody's going to comment on the food being not good because they didn't make it and you made it and that was their recipe or they used to have that recipe. So they're going to try, oh, you put onions? Oh, I wouldn't do that. But no, it's good, it's good. That's a bullshit dig. Fuck them. Get them out. Life is too short, man. We're all going to be fucking dead. So... You know, enjoy this shit. I want people here, you know, go in the back, smoke a stick, drink a scotch. That's it. That's what it's about. So, because uh, I, I just talk to people and I talk to, oh, yeah, I'm dreading this one coming. I'm dreading that one coming. And it's always like that. And it's not fun. You know, to, to anytime you feel like you have to dread something on Christmas Eve or, you know, a holiday or anything, Thanksgiving, any one of these days that people come together. Don't do it. Just be like, listen, I don't need you here. I don't need you here. You know? People don't, and, and to tell people don't like you. So, yeah, people don't like the way you act. The way you act, people just don't like it. The things you say, it's just people just don't like it. They don't want to be around it. Sorry. Well, why? I don't think, I, I don't know why. Like, that's the greatest thing. Just tell, I don't know why. I don't know why. They don't like you. Stop acting like that. Okay? Stop commenting on the food. Stop talking about who made the food. Stop being like that. Nobody wants that here, okay? If the food is great, say it's great. If you don't like the food, keep your fucking mouth shut. If a movie is on and you don't want the movie, if nobody cares, change the movie. If everybody else likes the movie, sit and watch the fucking movie. Unbelievable. I got no time for this shit, man. I got no time for fucking insecure fucking just just narcissistic people i just don't i don't and i'm not fucking dealing with it on any holiday period and it makes your life easy it makes your life easy the greatest thing somebody can do is to let everybody around them know what they're not going to deal with and know and, and make those people know that they're sticking to their guns you know, it's just like telling your kids or punishing your kids. Look, if you do that, you're going in your room. 100% if you do that, you're going in your room. Period. It's over. It's not even a question. It's a joke. You're going in your room. And then they do it, and guess what? They go to their room, and they cry, and they scream, but they know that that's what you did. Same thing with family. But like, look, you do that shit, I don't care. Well, you know, 
Aunt Susie said this about Aunt Rachel, and now Aunt Rachel doesn't want to bring her casserole because it's like fucking, then you know what? Aunt Susie and Aunt fucking Rachel can stay the fuck home, okay? And eat their own damn casserole. I'm not dealing with it. I want to shove the cookies in my face in fucking peace and happiness on Christmas, period. I am fired up today, guys. Oh, I'm fired up today. This is a classic. TVE 190. This is a classic. Who knows what's going to happen in 200. Probably going to do a live one from the stand. That's what I'm looking at doing. But I hope you guys are enjoying this. It's just life's too short, man. All this shit. It's too short. Fuck these people, man. Fuck them. Seriously, even in your family. Fuck them. Fuck them. Get the fuck out. Stay home. You know what? Yeah, the kids wanted to see you too, but you're a fucking asshole. That's why. The kids wanted to see you too, but you know what? You can't behave properly to see the kids. So you know what? I'm going to stay here with the kids and hang out. And until you could come here and keep your goddamn mouth shut and just be happy and stop causing drama in this fucking house, you're not coming. How about that? How about that? Wear your ugly sweater somewhere else. Go sit alone and think about what you did. Punish these fucking people, man. I'm serious. I'm not even trying to be funny right now. All of them. Don't let it in your life. Oh, you know, my dad's going to be under the same roof as as her and they haven't been together in a while. You know what? Then you sit down and you tell both of them, look, here's the deal. You're going to come to my house. If anything gets awkward or anything is fucking said, you're out of the house and it's gonna, there's going to be no hard feelings. Or at least for me, I could care less. But there's going to be no hard feelings. I'm just, you just got to leave. Period. And you know what it comes down to? It comes down to selfish, narcissistic people who are insecure and, and, and self-important assholes. And they think they matter. And they don't. My daughter's screaming, crying. I gotta go. I gotta go. Um, Alright, I'm gonna close it out in a second. Uh, you guys won't feel a thing. Okay. The daughter waking up from a nap. It almost got ugly. But... Uh, I still got to do my Christmas shopping. I got shit to do. Um, nice thing about Christmas shopping is you could always sneak into like a Buffalo Wild Wings and catch a game and a beer if it's in the mall. Maybe catch a movie. You could like catch up on shit you need. It's nice. You can be like slightly selfish, but like while doing good things for other people. <laughs> um, but that's it, guys. I did not see a movie. Hopefully, I will review a movie next time. It won't be the interview because uh, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Um, that's it. Plugs. I uh, got some cool news that the uh, All In Tour um, is going to be coming back. Uh, me, Joe Bartnick, and then we're going to do special guests. Jason Lawhead is uh, still a part of the All In Tour, but he's out west. And uh, so we're, we're thinking about maybe doing some stuff like... You know, um, because Bartnick has like, you know, Bartnick's all over the place with, um, with other dates and other stuff. And, you know, uh, when Lawhead's on the East Coast, he'll do East Coast dates and, 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 you know, West Coast dates. But me and, uh, Bartnick are going to be, um, doing some dates with some, some other special guests and all that. But, uh, all the dates will be on the website and, uh, you could check that out. Uh, on the new paulverzi.com. Um, I don't have all the January dates up right now. I'm just finishing up some shows in December and just going to be, you know, home for the holidays and uh, local last trip was, uh, last trip was this Cleveland trip. It's my 28 flights, my 28th flight. I did, uh, 28 flights, which is the most I've ever done in a year. 
uh, I did this year. And uh, that's it. So I'll be home. I'll be local. But you could catch me, you know, in New York City and doing some spots and running around. Uh, I'll announce stuff on uh, social media and also, you know, on my website. So you could check that out. Um, but we do have some all-in dates. We're going to be in Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, we're going to be at the Funny Bone in Hartford, Connecticut, I think. On um, Let me see. I think I'll get it here. I think, let me see here. 2015. We're going to be at the Hartford Funny Bone the 15th, 16th, and 17th. And then I believe we're going to be at the Syracuse Funny Bone the 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. That's an all-in tour. Me, Joe Bartnick, and special guests don't know who those other com- comedians are going to be yet. So uh, that's still up in the air. But uh, I will be there. Joe Bartnick will be there. And uh, you never know what special guests come in. Um, it's all good. You know, part of the family, part of the tight-knit group. Um, and that's it, you know. So check that out. And uh, there will also be some New York City dates I really do can't thank you guys enough for coming out to the city and seeing me and being supportive to the shows and, um, and my, you know, my stand up and everything. Um, so that's it. So thank you guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. This has been episode 190 and, um, until 191, I'm out of here. Talk to you guys, uh, soon. I, I will talk to you before. Yes, probably one before Christmas. So maybe it'll be a quick turnaround. Um, yeah, it'll probably be a quick turnaround because we got, what do we got, the 18th now. Yeah, so one week from today is Christmas. So either Wednesday, either Tuesday or Wednesday, the 23rd or 24th, 191 will be out. And then, because I'm obviously not doing one on Christmas and I don't want to make one too late. So I'll talk to you guys uh, then. Take care.